Todd and Rob in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. Hey, afternoon With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we are. And welcome to another edition of the new media show. I almost said uh, CES coverage 2020, but uh, <laughs> 2023 or whatever the heck it was. But uh, we're all good. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Todd. Just, uh, you know, trying to keep up with everything after the, you know, change of the year. Oh, you know, yeah. we're into 2023 now and the the world is falling apart and podcasting is uh, is uh, chugging along. Uh, podcasting is uh, is well in healthy. It's, yes. uh, <laughs> it's the only thing that's healthy out there right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like, you know, when, when, when I was out in Vegas, it was like, you, you couldn't tell, you could not tell that there is, uh, any issues in the economy because the town was full. It the, is an interesting situation on that front. It, it does kind of make you wonder a little bit about what's, there does seem to be a little bit of a disconnect in what we're hearing and what we're experiencing to some degree. Yeah. But you know, it, it everything, you know, I was pretty, pretty impressed with the turnout in Vegas. Uh, oh, really? Oh so, yeah. So is there any kind of numbers that you saw at CES? Or? Uh, they said, uh, I believe they said 117,000. Wow. That's getting back to and, almost normal. And it felt every bit of it. I actually predicted a higher number. Um, before the show, they said just north of a hundred thousand, but uh, yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was busy. It was full. Four thousand vendors. Um, hallways were full, crowded. It, it felt like uh, it felt like the real deal. And uh, so far, walked away, uh, knock on wood, feeling healthy. A couple of team members from uh, one of the other teams didn't get back as 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 cleanly. But, mm-hmm. uh, everyone felt pretty good, but Hey, before we get into everything we're going to talk about, we're lit and live. Awesome. And, uh, I do have some boost grams that came in while we were in between things. Mm-hmm. Um, got, uh, well, actually I don't think we got much. We, the Christmas show, we got some some sat 76, 76 from Dave Jones. We got anonymous 50,000 sats, uh, whoever that was, you need to put a name on there. And I still have stickers to send. I'm behind. I owe two people stickers. I was reminded the other day, mm-hmm. uh, Mitch, 10,000 sats anonymous, another 10,000 sats. So, uh, we did get a few donations in, but we will be watching it today to see, uh, what happens here. But you know what? Um, Adam made a comment on another show. I have nary a clue on how to use Heliopad with GetAlby. I don't think you can. So if there is a way to do that, then someone needs to like explain it to me on how to, uh, how to make that happen. But uh, anyway, um, we are fast, 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 at least at Blueberry, very, very fast at, uh, very close to really rolling out. Matter of fact, secretly, most of it's been rolled out, but we haven't announced it uh, on our dashboard. A um, bunch of podcast 2.0 stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Value for value. We're saving to the little later in the month because we're making a bigger announcement with somebody else. But yeah, so all in. And here we are. 
started sure right off. Sounds like started it. off right off yeah. the new year talking about it. So, no. um, but yeah, it was. You know what's weird about CES? I walked into Sony, and they had it looked like an NAB setup. They had cameras and pro cameras and this kind of. And I walked in there. I'm kind of like, why are you guys doing that? Well, we want all these creators that are here and companies that work with creators to understand they can start here and move up on their camera oh. gear. And there was, oh. there was mic manufacturers there. There were people with ring lights, all for TikTokers. Wow. Huge amount of gear really targeting independent content creators, including podcasters, because they, they came with their audio setups. And I was kind of like, uh, I would normally see you in, in at NAB uh, right. with this stuff. And, they, and some of them said, what's NAB? <laughs> it's only the second largest uh, conference in, in, you know, so, in Vegas. Right. But it was definitely an AI event, mm. lots of AI stuff. and Yeah, that's the buzz thing now. One company called Contents.com. You may want to check out if you're looking at AI stuff. Um, they're not in, within the United States, but they're all doing this, you know, write an article for me type thing. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if it's going to, uh, create a situation where, where we have duplicate articles that come out, you know, if, 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 if a person isn't specific enough in their description, uh, of what kind of article that they want, um, you know, niche enough in the description. Mm -hmm. Is it going to generate the same article for multiple people? I, I, I would wonder. Yeah, I would wonder about that. The same with the with the graphics. If now, you go in and you type too generic of a yeah of a description, are we going to have a bunch of duplicate stuff out there? But so. there was a, one person I talked to that used Chat G, uh, Chat GBT or whatever it's called to right. said he just wanted a a, a um, an application. It would get him the price of Bitcoin every minute. So he asked ChatGBT to write him an app that would give him the price of Bitcoin every minute. And to make it an executable or make it so that it could be an executable on a PC. And I, and I, you know, that's at least what he said. And he said, it wrote the code. He compiled it and it's an executable. He launches it and it gives a little, has a little window and it just prints the, it prints the price of Bitcoin every minute to his to this clock thing that he set up. It, I'm just like programmers may be a little worried at this point, Todd. Well, um. you know, I, I think it's just you know this it's it's getting that code from someplace. So, well, or it's smart enough to write it. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, you don't know about that. Yeah. You think it's pulling it out of the database yeah, somewhere? Yeah, right. it's, it's it's had to find samples somewhere. But well, I think we've seen for years, Todd, is that the uh, Programming is becoming more and more, um, you know, cut and paste kind of stuff oh, anyway. I've, so, right. You know, th with these libraries that's that true. Are, are available that, that can be applied to, uh, you know, an application to add functionality. Well, that's, you, I, yeah. he I hear my team talking about all the time. I'll see if I can find a library, you know, find a library, find a library, right. find a library. Right. Because that stuff's pre-written pre right. and it's written to be native to whatever platform it's associated mm -hmm. with and, so, yeah, I can, you know, if you think about an AI getting access to a bunch of libraries, yep. you can see how that might work. So, anyway, I hit, I got back uh, Monday 
Mm-hmm. And be honest with you, I I just <sighs> yeah, it's always hard. It's it was hard. I mean, it was. And people said, "Oh, you have too much partying." Well, it's no, not really that. No. no, um, it is a it is a grind. It's just uh, a lot of walking, a lot of standing, well, I, I, a lot of I talking had, all the time. I had no less than eighteen thousand steps every day. Yep, and, and it just wears you out. And I was on I was on air two hours a day, sometimes having to riff because a guest was late. And, uh, we got, I got back Monday and, uh, you know, first thing I'm doing is making sure we're ready for the big announcement on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which, uh, we and others were part of is this, uh, Apple yep. podcast Del- subscription delivery. Which you I, know, we're not, that word is, I thought they changed that. Name. Yeah. I, you know, we were told not to use that word anymore. And, and all our documentation says Apple podcast yeah. subscription. So, and then Apple released their press release and said, delegated delivery is here. Yeah. I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? So, the PR uh, folks at Apple didn't get the memo. I guess I don't know what happened there, but anyway, <laughs> so, uh, blueberry Libsyn and two others, uh, can publish premium episodes to Apple podcasts now. So, Yep. I'm glad my team got that. And I got another big announcement coming tomorrow from Blueberry. And uh, we were, matter of fact, as soon as we get done with the show, I'm going to be doing final testing. <laughs> and uh, and then one on Monday too. So we, we waited to the new year to roll out a bunch of new stuff. So, and mm-hmm. then in the new year, it's here. Happy New Year's. Yeah. We're in 2023. Look out, you know. Yep. So, um, <laughs> What gauntlet do we have to jump over here in the next few months is the big question. Well, you know, I, I'm looking at uh, sales and sales are steady. Yeah. And I'm not seeing a big disruption no. either, really, in things that are going on. So I'm, you know, relatively pleased with where the numbers are at. And, you know, yeah. it can always be bigger, but considering what's going on in the world and the economy and everything else, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I'll have to laugh. Um, Okay, I'll start my rant a little early, and I'm just echoing what my tech team says. Anytime anyone, about 90% of the time, when someone calls our tech support line and says, I am a podcast consultant, I should immediately say, okay, give me your American Express card, and we're going to bill it $250. Because it is evident that podcast consultants today are nothing more than the majority of them. Not all, but at least the ones we run into are just editors. They're just audio editors. They don't know anything else about the process. I mean, it's, it's, it's that's the primary service that they're probably trying to offer. It's, it's bad. You know, don't call yourself a podcast consultant unless you know your way around podcasting and the bit, and it's just, just basics. What's the RSS feed? Where's the website? You know, what's the account name under? Mm -hmm. Do you have the email address of the account? Just, you know, those kinds of things. Those simple things. It's, it's shocking. Yeah. It really, really is. And then there's another piece of it, whereas, Todd, we'd like to do a call. We're a business. We're thinking about we're going to start podcasting. I'm like, great. 
you know, here's my here's my calendar link. And they right. get on, you know, I think I'm having a one-on-one and get in a call and there's 20 people on the call. It takes 10 minutes for everybody to introduce themselves. Right. You know, two lawyers on the calls and five marketing people and three people from, it's just like, and then, you know, I've scheduled 30 minutes with them. It's 10 minutes to just, you know, get the introductions done. It's, uh, yeah. How many, how many people does it take to screw in a light bulb? A foreman, a supervisor, mm-hmm. someone to carry the ladder, <laughs> someone to hold the ladder, someone to right. climb the ladder. Right. So the person that climbs the ladder unscrews the light bulb, hands it down, and you have one person that has brought the light bulb, he screws it in, you know, and, and then you've got the, then you got the QA that goes up and makes sure the light bulb's on. Then you got another guy that can flip the switch. Right. You know, th- that's, how it feels sometimes when businesses are involved in creating podcast. Right. Right. Though I think that's, that's kind of, there's a bit of pullback on some of that going on right now too. No, it's not. I don't know if you read the article that, that uh, Nick Qua wrote uh, about how the, the industry is kind of pulling back on the big budget um, podcasts. It's it's not about big budget podcasts. It's about companies launching a single podcast right. that they have well, barely any budget for, but they have 20 people in a meeting. Okay. I get it. Okay. Well, I don't know if those people are donating their time or what they're doing. But. Well, you know, it's like, uh, you know, everyone, I'm sure there's not a, in their timesheets, there's not a thing for, you know, business, maybe, you know, 18 right. people to put it in a half hour for business development. Right. You know, it's like, come on. Well, the other thing that came out of this article in Forbes from uh, from Nick Qua that I thought was was rather ironic, and you'll find it's very amusing. But the 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 costs of producing a podcast at that you know at that enterprise or mm-hmm. media company level um, is is dropping down to the low cost of five thousand dollars an episode now, Todd. Oh. That's that's the that's the bargain basement. Um, l- low cost podcast production now for what kind of a company? Uh, just Nick was just making a generalization that, that the high flying days of, you know, a hundred thousand dollars an episode or whatever, $50,000 an episode days are numbered at this point because of what's happening in the industry right now. And that, <laughs> and that the new trend is the $5,000 an episode mm. number now. If right. anybody's paying $5,000 for a single episode of their show, please call Todd or Rob. <laughs> I have a Blueberry production team that right. will make your marketing budget people very, very happy. Right. Well, I think if you think about it from the perspective, if you're hiring, let's say, a, a, a producer, an editor, okay. Okay. and a writer okay. or something like that, yeah. you know, you could easily hit. $5,000 no. an episode. No, right. Nope. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how much did it cost for us to make this episode, Todd? Zero. Um, no, uh, 1.5 hours of each of our perspective times. Right. Right. There you go. Yeah. Plus, plus a little bandwidth, a little know? bandwidth. Yep. And a little bit of electricity. Mm-hmm. But and that's, uh, that's about it, Todd. You know, in the scheme of things, you know, it uh, it costs per episode to stream. It costs per episode to deliver. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it does, you know, there is a little bit of cost right. that goes along with this, but you know, I'm, yeah. Okay. And don't get me wrong. We have huge, both of us have investments in our studios. So if you amortize that out over the amount of time. Yeah. You and, definitely have more than I do. Tom. So, you know, that, <laughs> that definitely adds into things for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, but I could be sitting here with a webcam plugged into OBS and accomplishing what we're doing right now. Well, for most of the life of this show, I was doing it on a webcam right. Logitech, you know, C920. I was doing this show and now I'm on a, a 4K camcorder now. But right. So. Besides that, and then you actually have video cameras. What? Those are like multi-thousand dollar videos. Yeah, cameras, they're, they're right? about $1,500, but they're point oh, they tilt are. zooms. It just means that they can move around. And I barely, right. and because the way the studio is set up, I very rarely move them, you know, but, right. I, but I can move them if I want to, but. Yeah, it's on, on like a pivot wheel, right? Yeah, just yeah. It's a pivots and X, goes up and down. X, Y, Z, and yeah. Right, go sideways and sure. stuff. Right. All those things that you don't do. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it is a, uh, it's, it, it's a good time to be a podcaster right now, largely because of the, uh, you know, the number of shows being produced and you know, that it's, it's a great time. Well, it's like anything else, right? We're in a, a little bit of a lull, uh, I guess a low point yep. in the, the spectrum of a lot of things right, right now. I think it depends, you know, you can either view things as, Oh, the, the, the world is falling in, or you can see it from the perspective of this is, you know, maybe it's more cost effective to get something started or maybe the opportunity now is the best time to start a podcast. So feeds with new episodes in the last seven days, 188,000 feeds with new episodes in the last 14 days, 253,000 feeds with new episodes in the last 30 days, 346,000. Feeds with new episodes in the last 60 days, 431,000. Feeds with new episodes in the last 90 days, 487. Now, a new episode, brand new episodes in the last seven days is 447,000. So that's total new episodes. So that shows they're doing more than uh, one a week, obviously. Right. Uh, feeds with the value block is now up to 11,148. Feeds with the funding tag is 30,000. Feeds with transcript, 23,275. Episodes with transcripts, so far counted as 571,000. So that's not a lot of shows with episodes. Feeds with chapters, 14,000. Feeds with episodes with chapters, uh, 221,000. Feeds with the medium music, 44,000. Thousand feeds with the medium video seventy one hundred. So uh, that's our our statistic update from the folks at podcastindex.org. Feel free to throw your donation over there. They have a fiat fund coupons. You can send them a, a PayPal at the bottom of the page or send them some sets. Is that on their their public stats page now? This is a stats? this is a JSON output that they, okay. they provide. I, I'm going to go look at, uh, I don't <clears> believe that's on their public website though. No, I don't think so. Uh, 
I think all, it's all that data is higher level data. Yeah. It's higher, I think it's higher level data. Yeah, it is. It's it's basically a, a JSON output. I think there's a website out there that has this info as well. But mm-hmm. we did pretty good during the live uh, CES coverage as far as getting streaming donations. That went pretty good. Mm. Um, so, and we had just implemented it a day before on techpodcast.com. And, so uh, did you go um, off of all of the, the live streaming platforms, you know, like Twitter and we, Twitch? We, we, Rob, we're on like 20 because I yeah. had my plethora. I had Tech Podcast, GNC. <clears throat> I had um, both U, both GNC and Tech Podcast YouTube channels lit up. I had Twitter strength, uh, two Twitter. You, it's hard to get a live on Twitter now. We were lucky to get new media show on on Twitter and same thing with it's very, very hard to get a studio account now on Twitter. If anybody's got the secret decoder ring on how to do that, I'd like a couple more. We're on Twitch, obviously on Facebook live, but I was also did Facebook on the GNC page, the tech podcast page. So I think I was doing like eight or nine and then, um, the plug hits folks, they were doing four or five. And then we had, we had variety of, uh, restreams going on. So this thing was everywhere and near as we can figure it, we were averaging about across all the channels, uh, about 5,000 people that were tuned in to at any given point at, um, mm-hmm. across the 20 different locations where, you know, like I was on Facebook and sometimes there's four or five and then it was over on YouTube, there'd be 50 and then over, you know, it depend on where they were catching the show because we really spread it wide uh it just did a you know shotgun effect of spraying it everywhere mm-hmm. so it, it worked out it worked out these restreaming platforms are amazing yeah are we live on twitter right now yeah i think we are yeah we are yep so i didn't pin the post but it's in there but so it, you know it all worked out pretty good and I don't know. I just, uh, I, I've been kind of disconnected from the ecosystem really since about Christmas. I've been reading pod news and not a lot of news. It's starting to pick up a little bit, uh, some deal announcements and that kind of stuff, but it's still been, been pretty quiet. Right. That's true. Yeah. And it's starting to pick back up then. Let's see. Um, yeah, I was going to set the live stream to the default. Okay, that's where we're at now. Oh. To the top of the page. So, um, yeah, so so we've got PodFest coming up uh, at the end of the month. We're going to do this show live down there uh, on the 26th from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Yep. Uh, Eastern time down just- there. I don't know if we're going to be live streaming or not. Uh, that, that I, I haven't had a confirmation on that yet. Um, but at the very least they're going to, you know, accommodate us down there with this show. And I've got Rob Sesternino booked to join us. Awesome. Uh, I'm trying to get another guest that has been a little slow to respond. So, um, so I was hoping to get one other person up on stage with us. So it'll be just Four of us. All right. And a full, we, we have 90 minutes, but I don't think we're going to take it all, but. 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I uh, booked my airline ticket this morning. Already had air, already had hotel rooms. Yeah, I'm so, all booked and ready to go. So, so I arrive uh, Wednesday the 25th, and then I actually leave. Probably be leaving Friday night. Oh. Um, I'm not staying for Saturday. Okay. Personal reasons. I haven't seen my grandkids in a bit, and I want to go over to Tampa and see my my grandkids. Oh. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be a good event, you know, and I was just talking with the team this morning. I said, uh, matter of fact, we're having a meeting tomorrow, you know, podcast movement is, you know, right around the corner and ATD that we go to is right around the corner. NAB that we go to is right around the corner. Um, so then after that, it looks like there might, well, there's then May, there's the show in London. So definitely a lot of different events. Uh, right so through the to first a- half, half. ATD in um, San Diego? San Diego, or? yeah. San Diego, okay. Yep. So definitely a number of events kicking the new year off here. Yeah, that one. I thought that was like in, isn't that in like September or something? No, it's early this year. May or something. Oh, May. Okay. Yep. That's right. Or something. I don't I have to look at the date. April. It's all run, I'm going to be there too. All, all there runs too. together. So we should try and get a get a live new media show down at that event. Well, yeah, okay. What are we, <laughs> why not? I don't think we can. Right? Well, it might be might be something interesting to approach them with, but I don't know what that yeah, event is. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's more of a corporate training event, right? So speaking of which, I forget now that you, you know that Podbean does go to that event. So how's uh, how's your indoctrination and uh, getting up to speed going at uh, yeah the, the just, Podbean? Really, it's just getting getting integrated with the team, uh, getting in their workflow, getting um, helping you know p- pull together their content and event kind of marketing strategy. Working with new PR folks, so we're just r- ramping up and trying to get ready for you know the events that are coming coming quickly. Um, you know we're we're going to be at Podcast Movement as well and at uh, Podfest and. And a few other events too. So it's just uh, trying to keep up with everything. <laughs> so, so it's a, you know, Podbean, if you're not that familiar with them, has been around since 2006. Right. So they were just a little bit uh, in the same time frame as Blueberry and Lipson. And, you know, yeah, so they're an old, old OG podcast hosting mm-hmm. platform. <laughs> But I would say that they're more similar in a lot of ways to Spreaker is what I'm finding. Right. And the, and they have some of that because they have some of that live features. Live streaming. and Yeah. yeah right. That plus, plus they have a listening platform too. So, right. which is fairly robust, which is what Lipson did, did really did not have. Yeah, um, we've never, we've never ever decided to, you know, build an app, you know, it's just, why would you want to compete with overcast and, all those other platforms. Yeah. Unless you've been doing it for quite a while, which Podbean has and has built a little bit of a reputation for being a listening platform and they've got a good app. So it's just a matter of, you know, but it is hard. It's hard to compete against the, the big platforms out Mm -hmm. there and really gain market share. I think that was a big reason why I think Lipson never did it was because they didn't want to compete with their distribution partners. Right. Uh, Mostly, even though Lipson did have a, 
listening app that was out there. It's just the company never talks about it. Right. <laughs> and they're expensive to maintain. You know, yeah. you're looking at, uh, you know, if you want to really maintain an app, it's $150,000 a year to maintain an app at a minimum. Just right. to maintain and keep it current and all the software updates. And even if you don't, even if you don't update it, and make any changes, it's still probably 30000 a year at, at a minimum right. for just, just a maintenance contract if you have some company just maintain it in its current state. Yeah, I don't think that we have a external company doing that or it's it's part of the team. Part of the team that's done it. Right. And if they I mean, get it's it, not a big team. It's not a big team. I, I'd say it's probably more comparable to the size of Blueberry. Hmm. So... No, their development team's got to be bigger than Blueberry. Which was good because, you know, you think about what's happening in the world right now and keeping a, uh, a light um, staff uh, with any technology company right now, I think is a smart strategy. And that's kind of what we've seen happen with like Twitter. And, you know, Elon right. went through and like cleaned house and it was like 75% of the staff gone. You know, <laughs> what's really amazing to me is you know, we made some changes. Well, we didn't make some changes. Angelo left, you know, last year. Right. And, uh, the, the change in the dynamic of the dev team, um, and just kind of reorganizing things. My, my dev team has been on a rocket ship. They have just been, they've been killing it. And I've been racing to stay ahead of them from a marketing and, you know, having documentation ready and all that stuff. It used to be the opposite way around. And now we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're racing to, you know, to make sure we keep up. Yeah. It's uh, almost like, I mean, I've gotten the impression from you is that it, it's almost like when the change happened, uh, the floodgates opened. Absolutely. <laughs> it did. It was, it was like, you know, because I, it, again, it's, it was just a you know, change in blood and, Boy, oh boy, things just really, just kind of really moved. Now we'd been adopting a whole bunch of things. We went to Scrum more than two years ago. Yep. We introduced some project planning documentation. So it was a, it was a accumulation of things where we we're doing a lot more planning and that allowed the execution. It's still got bugs here and there, but it allows the execution to be, to, to be together when your design is done and when all this stuff is thought through and, and, uh, it, it really lets, it's really been pretty remarkable. And, uh, I'm actually got everything done in 22 that I was not expecting to get completed until halfway into 2023. That shows wow. you how much. So now I'm building out my 2023 schedule. Um, in my fact, we're meeting as a team next week to go over that stack and, uh, I'm like, okay, we have some opportunities here. <laughs> what? So does that, that, uh, that development, does it basically raise your expectations about what can be accomplished too? That puts, puts a more pressure on the team. Do you think? No, I, I, you know what it really is, is and, and let's just be frank. I spent yeah. two years re I gutted the system. Right. And we, okay. and that drudgery work of rebuilding that's not fun for anybody, right? You know, so that's kind of some of that stuff. And you, you know, you're you're arguing over where to dot an I and cross a T on those. Re and once that's all done, 
then you have the framework already of the new design so that when you're ready to plug something in, it just plugs in. And then the team gets excited because it's new. It's a new thing that to work on and new things are exciting to work on. And devs always like new challenging things. Right. And it's, it's not like getting to the guts of the old system. Now we're probably going to get into the system and do a few things internally from a administrative side that some of that stuff is still kind of old, but it works, mm -hmm. but it just make it a little more pretty and a little more functional and, you know, you know, like reports and stuff like that. But I think what it really boils down to is once you get a process in place, and then you vet that process and you go through and say, okay, here's my projections. And, you know, you, you can bring a product to market and say, okay, we expect uh, 600 customers to adopt it in the first 90 days. And if only 300 do, then you're kind of like, well, that sucks. So the main thing we've just really tried to do is, you know, be focused. Is this going to help a podcaster? You know, is this going to help them? Um, and I think that, you know, what we're announcing tomorrow is something to help a podcaster grow his show. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing revolutionary. Um, yeah. It's cool. Um, maybe near the end of the show, I'll talk about it. But it, it's just one of those things that um, we thought would be good. It would help content creators in building their brands. Yeah. Yeah. So... I was just curious if, if the team is, um, is moving faster now because maybe there, there's a person that's kind of programmatically or program managing that team at a, at a level that's, that's, I guess, more forward thinking or less restrained. I mean, what, I, I, what was there, the, there's, the well, well, there's, there's dynamics I won't go into. Right. But, okay. you know, the team is healthy. Very, very, very healthy right now. And that's... that's so there's good good flow of yeah, communication, of yep, ideas, yep. and people are talking and, about stuff. And we're right. going to have a job announcement probably here in the next month where I, right. I have a hole. I know where a hole exists in the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, we filled one of those holes by hiring a company to help us. Uh, uh, and, and now... I got to fill another hole in the company. My side, I, we have two teams, dev team, production team. I'm, I need a hole filled in the production team. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll be looking for some fresh blood to, to bring into that, to that group and help us do, you know, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of uh, uh, not necessarily marketing, but it's some of the, the stuff. Okay. Here's the marketing idea. This is here's let's, let's execute on this. Um, so I'll be bringing someone in to help, on the marketing team, but it's, um, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a fun time. And plus all the stuff we're doing for me, it's fun because of the podcast, the new podcast 2.0 stuff, but that's just part of the whole grand, grander picture. I think you see it on, our, we, we all see it. The, the challenge as a hosting provider and I'm giving someone a business idea here. The challenge of podcasting as a podcast hosting provider is getting a new customer to episode one. Right. If you get them to episode one, that's they've completed the process to get to episode one. And then step two is um, getting them beyond episode one. <laughs> if you can get them to episode one, 90% right. of the time, they're good. They continue on. 
for however the length of the show is, but getting them to that first episode. Right. right. But keeping them podcasting is also a piece of this pie too. Right. That we don't necessarily have an issue with. I have, gr- I have churn rate that's like to die for, but you got to get them to episode one. So they right. don't churn. That's, that's <laughs> true. Right. That's the goal. That's right. the goal, you know? Right. You don't want them to churn. So, you know, you have to look at, okay, what, what can we add to help them to get to episode one? You yeah. know, and I have this smorgasbord of list of things to do and some of it I don't want to build. So some of it I want to say, can you help me you know, go to another company and can you help me get this way? Yeah. You know, and you know, some companies had some th- things they announced. I was excited about and then they, you know, with the economy, they said, oh, we're not going to build that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'd much rather do integrations with people that do cool stuff. Why right. do Why do I want to build the next, you know, skyscraper? I'll work with, let someone else build the skyscraper and let me integrate with the skyscraper. As an analogy, you know. I don't. Just to th- throw something out here, do you think that the AI technology that's, that you know, like we talked about earlier a little bit, um, do you think that's going to come into our platforms pretty significantly? No. Not, not in the near future. Why? Okay. I'm not, we'll see, but not, not right now. What are we going to do? Have them write show notes? Uh, I wasn't being specific, but I just was just kind of big, big picture as you think about the developments and how fast this is moving. Um, Okay. So it does, it does make me wonder if there are aspects of podcasting that will be automated. If you, if, if you get a AI to be able to read a transcript and create show notes from the transcript, you're on to something. But well, that's one idea. Well, right. but, but okay. So as an example, I talked to a AI guy and he said, okay, can, can I hire you? to index my entire website so that an AI learns about my whole website, sees all my product articles, sees all my documentation. Can I do that? And then can I have it write documentation and can I have it write blog posts for my platform? And he said, sure. I said, well, how much is that going to cost? That's going to cost a half a million dollars a year. And I'm like, I can hire five people for half a million dollars Wow! to do that same work. So it's, it won't scale currently. If mm-hmm. he just said 50,000 and you can prove to me that this thing would do the job, maybe I'd consider it a year. Right. But right. half a million? No, right. no, 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 no. He was, he was all excited. He thought I was going to write him a check. Wow. But I, why would I replace, why I could hire five people for that kind of money and great, I could hire, as a matter of fact, I could hire two like, like really top end writers and pay them big money and they, they could make, they, it could be so eloquent and clear and <laughs> it'd be flowing like poetry, you know, and I could hire a human to do that and help support their family. I'm not going to pay an AI to do that on this idea that I might get something cool. 
you know, what I'm finding is a friend of mine has, uh, I don't know if I talked about on the last show, he writes a monthly article for a magazine, a robotics article. So he gives the 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 AI, probably chat GBT or one of these other ones, the very specifics. He says he takes about 15 minutes to write the specifics of the what he wants. The thing gives him a 500, 500 uh, account article. He spends the next hour editing that 500 and saves himself like an hour and a half of work. It would normally take him three hours to write this. So I thought, okay, for him that works. But he's writing on something that the robot or the AI has knowledge of. If I go out and ask um, a AI to write a post on making technical documentation on the step-by-step process to post an episode with PowerPress, it's going to go dot, 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 not enough information. It's not going to know how to do that. I just, I can't help but think of all of the aspects of what a podcaster has to do to get a podcast out the door. Um, What, what an AI engine might be able to, to help with, Um, you know, even editing um, audio at some point. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a question mark. Um, it's a question, definitely. but I'm right. Uh, show notes is another one. Um, I, I think, and then the actual publishing of that episode could, could be something as well. Um, so I, I just wonder, <laughs> you know, but the thing um, is, is, is that AI or is that process? I don't know that there's a big difference anymore. I think at the end of the uh, day, um, you know, this, this technology can be utilized in, um, in, in workflows too. You know, that's why there's so much concern about AI replacing the need for employees at some point. Right. I think that that's a concern, right? Is that it can do a lot of the same things that you would do as a, a person working with a software interface, right? It could populate fields and, and, but you still have to create the content that goes in those fields. Mm -hmm. So you have to have another layer of, of, um, AI technology that can analyze the content and maybe potentially edit the content. And, you know, at some point, I, I think that the, the Descript folks have been playing around with the concept of being able to even create the audio. I, I, I think though, in the end, I'm not going to invest in someone to do AI at the company because that's, right. that's going to be a lot of work and maybe, it could be right. Maybe you're going to get some good get returns. I don't know, but I just wonder, Todd, if there isn't going to be some new platform that starts. It could that that basically takes all these components and just basically AI generates the whole workflow. Yeah, and, and doesn't, doesn't that's change our doesn't change the voice. I I, I that's think the I, future competition. I think we're ten years away from that. We'll see. It's hard to say, right? how quickly that could happen. Yeah. I don't know. Me- just a lot of people. I went to that chat GBT website over the weekend and that website was getting so much usage that they had to, to, um, yeah, you got to block it. It went to a million users faster than any platform has ever went. And by the right. way, there are services out there that you can pay a hundred bucks a month for 
that will do the same thing as ChatGBT, but probably better. Um, go over to contents.com. Try that platform out. Well, is it all based on the OpenAI uh, platform? No. Anyway, so it's all the same code anyway? I, I don't know. I don't follow that market. You'll have to ask the experts. Yeah. I just go play with it. Just go play with it. Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, breaking news, Nielsen confirms layoffs. So Nielsen. Nielsen wow. is, is instituted a company-wide reduction in workforce. So they didn't say how many. Total whole count after this, after the total headcount after the reorganization was roughly in line where it was a year ago. So. All this means is that the fewer amount of people that are left at any given company is going to have to shoulder more work is what it, that's the fallout from this. Um, not if business it, is down. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. From you, that wouldn't, perspective. you wouldn't be reducing headcount if business wasn't down. If you had the same amount of revenue coming in, you would not be reducing headcount. Yeah, you would think that would be the case, right? Though I would say the things that I'm hearing out of Silicon Valley is is that but people saw what what Elon yeah. did to Twitter, and they're they're saying, "Well, I'm going to do that to my company because I'll be more profitable." If they were profitable, they may not have been as profitable as they would be if they they whacked half of their employees. Well, we, we, it's we, a tough call right right now. Is it that these platforms are really so, declining so the, so, in, so the, in their revenue okay, or right. is it so he, the cut in staff? Here's the issue I have then. Was it because you had a lot of people working at 25% right, or 40%? Well, that that's part of my point, right? Is that is that it's going to put more more workload on the people that are left, and but those people have proven, else they wouldn't be there, that they are high performers anyway. Well, right? maybe maybe those people that were left were already working at a hundred percent. Could be, or or one hundred ten percent already, or one hundred fifty percent. I don't know. You know. I, I just don't believe that when you cut that many people, that that many more people have to pick up more pieces. It just, in my opinion is it means that there was not good efficiencies. Right. Coming yeah, so from those groups. Right. So, so you basically have a lot of fluff in your staff. There's aren't, also aren't, aren't really doing a lot. Is there, what you're saying. There's also a point where a lot of companies are, are basically run on committee. So in other words, we go and have a meeting and we make a decision as a committee, whereas if they had a successful product leader with consultation of his team would make a decision and it's not building a company by committee, it's building a company by leadership. Yeah. So maybe that isn't the right terms, but... Well, I see where you're saying. I think most people would consider a high performer as somebody that's a strong leader that has a vision uh, for for what they want to now, accomplish. Now and, that vision might be wrong. Well, that's always the danger, right? Right. Nobody's nobody has a hundred percent accurate picture on the no. market. You know. No. I mean, right. And you know, and you put it's just like us. We put we put ideas together. And then we kind of make a, a small group of us make a decision on which one, which, which projects are going to move forward. 
Right. Todd, I saw an article that was put out by Stephen Goldstein. Um, yeah, I saw the, it too. The the Ampli um, media blog that he puts out, um, or it's the AmplifyMedia.com. But he did an article talking about uh, the podcasting stuff he saw at CES. Right. So I, I thought I would raise it because you just came from CES, and I don't know if you even had a chance to see much of the stuff, but but he, uh, he was talking about the the integration that's happening more and more in in the car um, with you know digital technology and podcasting uh, with like uh, Apple. Apple's platform and Google's platform. And I don't know, did you see some of the cars that were down there? I saw a lot of cars that I had no idea who the manufacturers were. And a lot of, you know, there was two hydrogen vehicles there, three. There was uh, lots of electric vehicles, um, you know, a whole haul of them. There was a Caterpillar dump truck in there, one big enough that should be in a quarry somewhere. So there was a lot of vehicles per se. Well, I think that the focus, at least what he was saying in here, is that the technology that was on display at CES was more about platforms that are going to get integrated into all these different brands. Right? Oh yeah, that you know, it's 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 like the CarPlay platform. Yeah, there's there's the battle, and in his article, I think he said something about the fight for the dashboard. Right. Well, it's always about the fight for what is default when the car turns on. Yeah, you right. know, is it uh, Sirius XM? Is it FM 100? Is it a podcast uh, app? Is it what? What is the battle? Um, and of course, then you have the biggies: Google, you have Amazon, you have Apple. Um, you know that are you know dominating right now the dashboards. As a matter of fact, my car I can use Android or Android right. CarPlay or Apple Play. Either it depends on what's plugged in. Yeah. And yeah, but if you have a Tesla, uh, you can't do that. No, but you know, Tesla's its own deal. So it is its own deal. There, so question, you right. know, and and is that a is that a down is that a downer? Is that a Debbie Downer for a uh, Tesla? You know, if I if I can't use Apple CarPlay in a Tesla, I would be mighty pissed. Well, I think actually I've got a Model Three. Um, I would say that one of the key things about that electric car is the software platform that's integrated into it. So, and that is custom to a Tesla. Right? Well, do you, so, can you listen to podcasts easily? You can listen to podcasts through Spotify and <clears throat> I believe, um, I think that's the majority way that you can get to podcasts right now. I bad, think that bad user experience. Their podcasting kind of, platform support is has a little bit to be improved. Now I did notice that they did an upgrade to add um, Apple Music. Okay. But uh, Tesla is is not uh, from what I can tell they're not supporting Apple Podcasts. Right. Yet. Right. So, so that's that's maybe coming. But. So so guess what I would resort to? Bluetooth with my phone listening to podcast in a Tesla. Whereas in my Ford Edge it's right there on the screen, and I just click the podcast I want to listen to and see the library, everything right there in my fingertips. Yep. And if I want to listen to SiriusXM, I can listen to SiriusXM if you pay the subscription. 
If I'm listening to F100, it's right there. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm not watching videos in my car. You know, that's the, the recipe for disaster. <sighs> um, well, um, yeah. So, but if you eventually have autonomous driving capability, you may be able to watch videos. In your yeah, car. maybe. So. I, of course, I'd be afraid I would get my head chopped off by running underneath some semi or something. So I, I don't think it's going to be a while before I can trust. And, uh, you know, self-driving is one thing, but keeping your eyes on the road because these cars have a tendency, I don't care what they are, and it's proven every day, they run home to mama and can kill you. There's not a lot of history of that with the Tesla. Okay, anyway. there is yeah. enough. There, there is, is enough. There is you, you. Of course, people get in wrecks and die every day in vehicles driving themselves well, as well. Well, people so, are stupid in their cars too. And well, they do things that the that the car is it's not recommended to do, and that's what gets people in trouble. So it's not that the platform is dangerous. I don't believe. Well, it. I'm not saying it's dangerous. Right. I just don't trust it yet. Oh yeah, well, I think you do need to keep Yet. an eye on things. Well, you're I not. Agree with you. It is. You're not right. supposed to be like sitting over here reading a book. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's how I use mine. I mean, I have a. Oh, you read. You read mine. a book, and no, oh, okay. I'm, no, I'm saying. <laughs> well, the card actually doesn't allow you to do things. Okay, like that. right. I said so. I'm so, saying. <laughs> so just because it drives itself, um, and I, I am not a subscriber to the FSD, uh, full full self-driving. So I, I just haven't invested the money in doing, doing that, but I do have autopilot, which, which basically drives most of the time, um, on its own. How often but, do you have to touch the steering wheel, and make corrections? I don't really have to touch the steering wheel to make corrections. I have to touch the steering wheel to make sure the car knows that, oh, I'm that there, you're still awake, <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm touching the steering wheel. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the point. Um, and it, I would say it's, I, I turn autopilot on and off on a regular basis because it, it, I didn't pay for full self-driving, so right, I don't right. have that full capability. But if I did, uh, and paid the $199 a month, I could, Woo. uh, set it to drive to a destination and it'll drive to the destination. So, well, my, my Ford edge, I can leave my hand off the steering wheel for 20 seconds at 21. It beeps me at 25. It slows the vehicle down. Yeah, well, this will keep you aware that you need to be touching the steering wheel. So <laughs> it does have that ability. It like flashes on your screen, right? And beeps and all sorts of stuff. So, um, but but anyway, I think Tesla could do a better job of of supporting podcasting, and I would I would love to help them get there because I do believe that platform is going to be pretty big in the future. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the future with all that. But uh, but yeah, it'd be I have a hard time seeing them supporting like a CarPlay or a Android Auto in that car because one of the things of how that car works, it's so integrated with the car. Um, that I don't know right. that I would want the Apple software sitting on top. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've only been in a Tesla once for a test drive right. from zero to 60 in three seconds. That's my extent of being in a you know, in this hyper mode or whatever they call it. They are rocket ships. There's no question about so, it. Yeah. It but, can, it can scare people. I've, I've scared people in mine before and I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't even have the high performance model. I have just the long range model. Right. But, right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
I think like 4.2 seconds or something like that, you know, zero to 60. And going back to my commentary about CES, again, it was really about they, uh, they fully, uh, TikTok has had a major, a major, major impact on the vendors there. I, I mean, I was, it was marked that they were marketing. They had products for, for, I walked up to Booth and I said, I want that. I saw it. It's a very few things. And the guy said, uh, we, minimum order is 80. Um, and I'm like, uh, I just need one. And he said, right. uh, I'll send you a list of our retailers and you can buy one. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's certain things I saw that I, that I know that I can use um, right. from, a, from a production standpoint. Uh, right. not necessarily here in the studio, but just, you know, there's, there's some cool, there's some cool stuff out there that available for creators now. Now, not all of it transfers to podcasting per se, but I walked by a booth that was full of microphones. First time I've ever seen a booth full of, and they were all Chinese microphones, stuff that you can find on Amazon for you know, twenty nine ninety five or something like that. But it's the first time I've ever seen a booth of, of microphones per se. Mm. Um, well, and the other item off of Stephen Goldstein's article here too is that AM radio is out of electric vehicles, so hmm. it's not. So doesn't bode well for the future of it. Well, AM, AM radio. Yeah, right? well, you know, AM has been it's on been a decline for, for a while. For a while, anyway. right? Now, the funniest thing, uh, the one one cool thing I did see that was there, and I'm looking for the company name, and they've been out for a while. This is not a new product. It's called uh, Pivo, I think, P-I-V-O. Let me find it. I've got it here because it was my product, my show pick, my product pick for the entire show. Yeah, it's called Pivo, P-I-V-O. And all it is is it's it's a device that sits on top of a tripod, and you put your phone in it, and it comes with a software package, and it face tracks you, and you can move around, and the phone will, the, the camera will follow you. So that oh. if you're moving around, if you're dancing or whatever, and you, and you can do <clears throat> gestures like this, come it'll zoom in on you, and right. um, and you can put a GoPro on top of that, which was my idea is what I would use it for. Because for doing interviews there, I'm no longer going with anybody. Hand the mic to the person, and I've got a mic, and they've got a mic, and we do the interview with them on the camera with me off. And uh, this would allow me to do an interview and move around in a booth and not worry about having a cameraman there with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just stuff like this. It was, you know, light rings and, uh, you know, background, you know, background lights and stuff like that. That was all over the show. A company called newer, um, that I saw that was cool. Oh, you want a laser? They've got people who are selling under $2,000 to do laser etching and just stuff like, you know, cool stuff like that. Yeah. This is the product I wanted. It's a little pop-up stand that has a drop-down screen that you can do a projection on. Oh, that's cool. 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just a little projection screen, just, you know, stuff like that, you know, a little dorky stuff. But I saw that that, uh, at CES too, Amazon has a, it looks like a wireless kind of headphone type of type of device that can that can communicate to a, a variety of different voice um, voice platforms off of one one device. It's controllable, I guess. The uh, another yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, so, so you, it's kind of like an earbud kind mm-hmm. of a thing, a wireless earbud thing, and it can connect to Siri or oh. it, can, it can connect to other other platforms. The, the translation stuff is getting close, too, because they had a company there that 76 languages, it's handheld, $348. You speak into it, converts the language, and it speaks it. It's pretty next model is going to have one where you put an earbud in your ear, you talk, and then the other person hears the language translated in their ear, and then they can talk in their language. It comes oh, back and forth. Yeah, that's close. That's coming next year. Now you now it's basically one earbud device. Next year it'll be two earbuds, one device, and you'll have this this back and forth. So um, I'm excited about that kind of thing because it really was pretty impressive uh, when the Japanese are crowding around a, a, t- a booth and they're doing Japanese. Well, that tells you something very, very hard to translate. Yeah. And then I see another one in here that there's technology now that, um, will, tra- will auto transfer your, your listening, um, to different devices. So, hmm. so let's say you start listening to a podcast on your Android phone and then, but you want to listen to it on some other device. It'll, Transfer. That's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's, but it has to be within same ecosphere. It has to be either on Alexa or has to be Siri. Yeah. I kind of think that maybe that's not that helpful. I mean, as long as you can, well, we carry our phones. We carry our phones with us. So why do you, unless you're transferring it to your home speaker? Yeah, I'm trying to think what use case that that would be. uh, If you start listening on your smartphone and then you get home and you can listen to it on your Alexa, is that the idea behind it? Maybe, maybe. And then I I guess there was podcasting um, panels and things like that at CES uh, as part of Digital Hollywood again. Oh, okay. But I guess uh, that was a a deal that was put together by a consortium of, uh, Sirius XM, Audacity, iHeart, WWE, and Pinterest hmm. of all things. Well, they so, were probably there trying to pitch to media buyers if there was any at the show. So do you think there is a media buyers at CES? Uh, I've never seen any, but, but I'll tell you what, so. I'll tell you what, happens to you if you're talking to someone in a booth and Amazon walks into the booth, you know what happens to you? You get shoved out. <laughs> <laughs> <You're>, <clears throat> Amazon's here. You're out of here. Now. Right. If, if Amazon, if, it, if someone's badge just shows up, says Amazon on it, they, they correctly say, thank you for talking and leave you hanging. <laughs> Right, and just walk over and start talking to them. Right, right. because you know there's about big budgets there's uh, a, have power. Right, there's about thirty Amazon reps that are walking around. They walk into the booth and you know, and, and like I want eight hundred thousand of these, and you know, <laughs> you know, or whatever the number is. And um, but I, I'll tell you just a little story. I was, um, it's about, and it's nothing to do with podcasting, but it should give people some some food of thought when they're out buying products. I was over and I saw this cool product. It was it basically a lot of people trying to compete with Tesla with home batteries. So that and, you know this this and I'm looking at this thing and it's like 26 kilowatt hours will power oh, normal house right. normal house for 24 hours, 12,000 watts and all these things. I'm you know I'm I'm digging it up. I'm looking at the spec. I'm like I didn't you know, a company that's well known. I said I didn't know you guys were getting into this business. 
I'm like, when did you guys open this division? This guy's just blowing smoke up my butt, telling me all these things about everything they got with this product, right? <laughs> Less than 24 hours later, I was over in the Shenzhen section. <laughs> oh, wow. And the Shenzhen section is basically booth after booth of nothing but cell phone batteries and car, you know, all kinds of, everything without a label. <laughs> and I walk by a booth and I see a home power unit. <laughs> Yeah, that looks re familiar to me. So I, I'm looking at this thing, and the guy's looking at me, looking, and I'm looking at it, and I get my phone out, and I start flipping through, and I find the pictures from the day before, and I, and I'm like, same, same form factor, same size, uh, looks like same connectors, and I ask the guy, what's the capacity, and he breaks out a spec sheet. I'm <laughs> looking at the picture, licensed. So, you know, yes, th this co big company opened up a battery division by buying <laughs> and throwing a label on it. Oh, no. It's a private label power wall, huh? Right. But it's, yeah. you know, created out of a company out of Shenzhen who's licensing it to any company that has the money. So yeah. this is this is normal. This is this is repeated a oh, thousand yeah. times across the show. <laughs> yeah. It's you know. Not it's not something new, but it's, no. a, it's a different brand. <laughs> yeah, it's a different right. brand, right. you know. And they and, and I asked him because it was ten thousand in the booth over in West Hall, um, by the company that was displaying it, a big hundred by hundred foot booth. And I asked him, I said, "What is this retail?" And he told me, "Oh, sixty two hundred dollars." I'm like, "Oh, thank you very much," you know. So they're buying in bulk, so they're probably getting it for five grand and marking it up five thousand dollars. And I just, you know, I just chuckled because I was like, "Can I order one?" He said, "Yes, we ship international." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> with all, he said, "With all the connectors, everything you need to hook it up to your house." I'm like, "Oh, beautiful." <laughs> So this is, I've seen it year after year after year, those oh, types yeah. of examples, but, oh yeah, that guy was, yeah, we got a whole new division, a whole team, right. whole engineering team. I'm like, yeah, you do. An engineering team's in Shenzhen, China. Yeah. It's just a sales thing. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. So most people don't know that you can also go, probably you can go on Alibaba and find that same product. Probably. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they, that same article from Stephen Goldstein had a, uh, a chart in there from the Edison Research folks saying Americans now spend more time with audio through a mobile device than traditional radio receivers. So we've now oh, officially crossed over into uh, mobile phones are the place people are listening to audio more now. Or radio, I guess is what it is. Was it radio? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not, and not surprising. It's the steady decline, right? Yeah. So some, the explosive growth of podcasting now is spotlighted with this, right? Explosive, yeah. you know, but you look at the trend line of podcasting's growth and it's far from explosive. <laughs> we got 22,222 sats from uh, Mike Dell. He says, welcome back guys. That was 44 minutes ago. And, cool. uh, and then uh, Anonymous via Podverse sent 25,000 sats. He says, let me see how much it cost to do our last, our last episode. Oh, zero dollars. <laughs> um, another 25,000 sats from Anonymous via Podverse is amen. The conferences are solid consultants wall to wall. <laughs> 
So we just got another. What's this one? Oh, someone's listening live. Uh, so again, I don't know how to turn this live boosting stuff off here besides turning the volume down um, and have that run over on the other platform. So, but there it lies. There it lies on what's... Uh, Anyway, so CES was fun. I bet you NAB is going to be a blast, uh, considering these types of numbers at CES. That means NAB will be should be back full full strength. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, I'm I'm going to be over there w- with you in Central Hall. Oh, good. Yeah. Are you close? I'm not sure. I haven't seen where your booth is versus the one that I'm going to. So have, when did but... you guys sign up? Uh, well, I think we've been on the schedule to be a part of the NAB uh, show all along because uh, Podbean was at the NAB show in New York, too. Yeah, so I was so, going to look and... So it's I... good that both of us are over there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's... Our, our our competitors are still in the West. Oh, the, 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 the company we shall not name that you have left? Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't see the. So they can be the one that doesn't get any traffic. Oh, that you know they they we shouldn't say anything because they might move. Yeah, they. It is. I okay. So I we had to get a bigger booth in order to move. Oh really? Yep. Oh, I didn't. I'm still a ten by ten. So sorry. Oh uh, well, you know. <laughs> How many people are you going to take? I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. Yet. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to take many people. Or uh, we'll take. I'm thinking three. maybe we'll probably have maybe three. Probably. Yeah, I'm. I'm only taking two. Uh, that's. Yeah, I can't find the exhibitor list on this. Uh, normally, I can find the. Maybe they haven't posted the. Uh, maybe they haven't posted the exhibitor map yet. That's interesting. Hmm. Exhibitors Marketplace. Okay, there we go. Let me go and see if I can. Okay, let me go look for you guys. Um, You guys are in. You're in C5750. 5750? Yeah, so let's look at me. I'm in C2826, so... Oh, okay, so we're not really that close together then. No, or at least three rows um, away from each other. All right, see if I can bring up C80. See, where am I at? I am in the... Okay, so... I'm in the short section of of Central. So if you, if, if you come from... Uh, south and you come into central i'm i'm close to grass valley i've got some big companies i'm around mm. um so you see all right so i'm looking at you then you're in 57 let me look where that's at 47 yeah we're quite a ways from each other you're actually in the create section um I am not, but it's okay i took what i could yeah i'm actually in the create section so let me oh look. you are okay so let me Look at Podbean again. Let me see where they are. Oh yeah. So well, you are on. Okay. Um, you're in an okay. Yeah, you're in an okay area, but you're along a wall. 
Mm. Um, it's not bad. I'm looking at who's great. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, just getting a central is, is important. I'm not in a great spot either. All things considering, um, I'm happy to be over there. You know, that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. It's just the West hall is just, no, it's just, you know, it's dead. dead Well, it's, it's too far to walk. Yeah, it's really too, too far to walk. And who's next to me? I'm going to look and see who's next to me. Uh, oh, I'm next to Rector Sets. Mm, wow. Coaxin and Shout Over Systems, OWC, that whole, that's a, I, I, I'm in a good spot. <laughs> OWC itself will garner a lot of traffic, just that company alone. So sometimes it's just traffic that you're trying to get by you. Right. Just you know. Walking by the booth. Yeah, right. just trying to get Studio Box, U.S. Broadcast. Who else? Yeah, not bad. Again, it's all about marketing then, you know, to get people to you. Now, you know, the key then is is have a big marketing campaign to get people to your booth. That's, that's the key with CES. I mean, with NAB. Right. Because you got to let people know you're there. And if I search for the word podcast for NAB, let me see how many search. Well, let me just uh, search for pod, the word podcast. How many booths? Uh, oh, that's interesting. Let's see. Let me look at Libsyn, how their listing is. Here we are talking about trade shows. Yeah. So, you know, they are next to, see, th this is horrible. Why, why they are over there? Toner cable equipment. Over uh, the, the West Hall? Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? Where, they're, they're next to where a, Lipson is? The, the booth across from them is a, is a, uh, a company from Brazil. Um, RF Specialties, Cortera. Core sites. These are all these are all big transmitter companies. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. I really don't. What? Whoever we told NEB we were leaving if we weren't moved to Central. <laughs> that's that's right. You know, and position wise, uh. It looks like anybody's tried to beef things up because the front of this has got Telestream, Microsoft. So they looks like they've moved some companies over there to West to try to beef things up. But it's just such a long haul to get over there. Um, they And Libsyn has enough clout. They go to the event in New York. Why didn't they? I don't know. They're in the capitalized experiential zone, whatever that means. Capitalized experiential effort. I kind of pushed, pushed the, the Podbean team to put forth an effort to move. Well, that's good. Where, where were they before? They were in the West hall. They were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's time to, well, good. I'm glad you did. So we can send, you know, there, there is cohesiveness in being close to one another, regardless. Yeah, and I won't be as far as far away from you as well. Right, so, right, right. Uh, You're five that, minutes. You know that was a that was like a half hour walk to oh, get to where you are. Oh, right. from from where I am to west. Oh, it's yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's if you get out of the convention center, walk along the North Hall hallway, and then get over the escalator, walk across Paradise, walk halfway up the street, and then down into West, and then all the way back. It's, it's, that's the problem with going into West, is it just it takes 15 minutes once you leave North just to get into the hall. Yeah. So, but anyway. Todd, do you think it's time that the listening apps do a better job of, of um, scanning podcasts, podcasts and creating a better search experience? Because this came up uh, with an article that was put out by, it's an old article from summer of 2021 talking about, you know, all of the listening apps and, what everybody indexes for search discovery in the apps. And it, it's really kind of less than stellar. What I would call it. I mean, the assessment is that a podcast app SEO strategy is just not a viable strategy from any level. Search has always sucked on all these apps. Yeah. I, I just wonder if that's ever going to get, any kind of a focus. I, you know, I, I, here's, here's the thing. Most people, when they go to, this is, in my opinion, this is what all app manufacturers care about. Find a show, not a topic. All the popular apps is just purely find the, find my, find the podcast I'm interested in, subscribe or follow to it. And that's all they worry about. They're not worrying about having people look for. Which is really interesting when you think about it, Todd. If you think about how people find content, let's say on YouTube, right? They're, they're pretty specific about what kind of topic that they're looking for. Well, YouTube is run by a search company. No, but the users use that. So it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, if if people are looking for topics, then content will position itself it, to cater to topics. It, if I was an app developer, I would be registering every search result in a database. And then I would look to see how my users are using the app. Yeah, so... And if 95% if of the searches are searching for just a show name, and nothing more? Well, Apple, you know, what's interesting here is Apple only searches your podcast name, right? your episode title, yep. and your author tag. That's it. Yeah. Well, episode title is pretty good if you can search for an episode title. Yeah, but a lot of people don't do much with that, right? Well, well that's, the, a, that's their fault. I think a lot of people don't know what to do um, to help with that. Um, so let's, let's go, I'm going to go to Apple podcast right now and let me clear out everything here and let me search for, whoops, I don't want to do that. That was dumb. Let's do podcast update from our last episode. I'm just going to use those two words. Oh, I'm on, plus, air, I'm on plus, airplane mode. I got to turn my, I don't want my phone ringing during the show. So I got to turn the airplane mode off. Right. Plus. Nobody indexes like a person tag or anything like that. Um, you know, like who the hosts are, who the guests are, that kind of stuff. And they're not 
indexing episode description. So, all right, here I entered Podfest update, and let me add some more words with founder. And let me try this again and see what it comes up. So, podcast Podfest update with founder. Oh, come on. I'm, now that I turn airplane mode up, I'm getting 5,000 notifications. Search. Okay, the video, the video edition of this show was, okay, both episodes came up when I searched for PodFast update with Founder. Let's see what happens if I remove Founder. Let me search again. PodFast, PodFast update with gets nothing. And these shows are nothing to do with PodFest that I just found. Let me back off and just do PodFest update. And I search, nope, nothing. Nothing that's related to PodFest. Horrible search. Let me go and do PodFest by itself and see what we get. Searching, 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 searching. Can't connect like, let me try this again. Searching, searching, search. Why can't you connect? So that's in Apple. This is an Apple podcast. So doing PodFest alone, I get no, our episode is not our show and these shows have nothing to do with PodFest. Search sucks. Well, and I, and I believe in the last episode title, didn't you have PodFest in the title? Yeah. And if I type in PodFest update with founder, I get the show. Oh, you do. But I have to use four words. Oh. So let me do Rob Greenlee. I'm sure that's not going to pull it up. I mean, I've, well, I'm I put, find it difficult to be found for this show, even in Google. Rob Greenlee Podbean. Okay, so that came right up when I did Rob Greenlee Podbean. Let me just do Rob, Rob Greenlee course you're going to so yep you come up because you're a you're part of the show so you're going to be found it probably found your name as part of the author tag versus the the title or or the title yeah yeah so let's go to one here let's go to podcast listeners need to be educated but that's that's a pretty short list of shows that i've been on i've been on hundreds of Podcasts. I know. So have I. So again, you're, this is okay. That came up. Podcast listeners need to be educated. Came new media show came up first thing on that search, but that's a pretty specific term. It's kind of, it's not even really a good search term, but that's the problem is that I keep telling people is, is these apps do nothing for you for episode discovery. They haven't for years. So they ever have Todd. So this, this is why you have to win the search game on the web. Right. Well, supposedly Apple searches episode titles. Supposedly. Supposedly. So let me do, let me copy our last episode and let me go to an incognito window. And this really isn't uh, perfect either. Um, and I search Google, of course, we're number one with that search because that was pretty specific PodFest update. So let me just do PodFest update in Google. 
in a in that we are our YouTube was found first, and then the new media show was found. So uh, you got Podfest. So I did Podfest update. Podfest Expo was number one. Facebook Podfest Expo was found. Podfest update. Our YouTube channel was found. Then the fourth search result is new media show. And just that's an incognito window in Google. So, but are people searching for Podfest update? I don't know. You know what that's. Again, I did a search for Podfest uh, Space Expo, and it came up with the Podfest podcast. Right. It says Pod, but it, oh, okay, yeah. So the title of the podcast is Podfest Podcast, mm-hmm. and then the the subtitle is Podfest Multimedia Expo. So that's where the expo. Yeah. So let me do another search. It's a little more. A little more generic podcasting by the numbers. What, what comes up here? Did we win this one? Uh, we did not, uh, that particular episode. I did not make the first page of the search results. So sometimes you win them. Sometimes you lose them. Um, they got two or three ads. They got an ad for Libsyn. They got an ad for Descript got to add for prx so someone's searching someone's got a search term podcast by the numbers as a they're paying um mm-hmm. for that and then someone got a snippet this is the winner winner chicken dinner one is the one from um demandsage.com 39 plus podcast statistics um so that's interesting who's demand sage I know who the podcast Sage is. I don't know who Demand Sage is. Let me see what that article is from. So someone just did a, Daniel Ruby on December 31st did a, got an infographic in here. They've got a bunch of podcast statistics wherever they pulled those out of. So does it say where they got their, their source of their information? No, it's just, it's it's like five. This is a huge, oh, oh, like, nine or 10 places where they got this information. So it's a long article. Google ranked it well. So, so again, sometimes you win the Google game. Sometimes you don't, but on the apps, you know, someone should do a comprehensive review on which apps have the best episode search results. Well, that's what James Cridlin did with this article, um, in cooperation with, um, Mark Stedman, I guess he and, so Ian the, James worked on this article. It's about a um, year old though. So, so what, so they, what they say the results were crap. Yeah. They said, you know, the title of the article is how people find your podcast in, in apps and, uh, who indexes what. Yeah. And it, it came up with a list of key points, Apple podcasts, only searches, you know, podcast name, title, uh, episode title. So it doesn't even search. Well, I guess podcast name which is podcast title yep, and episode titles and author tags. Um, and it says no one indexes the copyright tag. No one does anything with the podcast dot person tag. Um, apps heavily weight podcast level data, podcast level data over episode level data. Um, so yeah, your, your top level stuff, of course, but your podcast description isn't searched. Yep. 
So, uh, which I think, I think the reason for that is, is that there's greater likelihood of spam activity in the description area. And that's what keeps people from doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says podcast app SEO is not a viable strategy is the conclusion <laughs> that they draw. Podcast SEO is a viable strategy if you're applying it against your website. Right. Not yeah. in apps. Not in the listening apps. And say no. in, in the podcast search landscape, uh, this area needs a lot of attention. Yeah, still is does. the conclusion. Right. Yep. Well, Rob, we're at an hour and a half, believe it or not. But there's a couple of things I want to leave people with. There's going to be a new term you're going to learn in 2023. It's called Activity Pub. So the geeks among us will understand what Activity Pub means. Activity Pub is something that uh, I, I'm pretty excited about. Do you know what Activity Pub is, Rob? I think it's 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 a it's a tag function as part of the podcasting 2.0 stuff, isn't it? Well, it's going to integrate stuff from podcasting 2.0. Will integrate with potentially Activity Pub, mm-hmm. but uh, Mastodon has uh, you know some functions of Activity Pub, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, we're going to see a lot about Activity Pub in the next year. Which, which direction is it flowing? Is it flowing from like a Mastodon platform into both the podcasting ecosphere or from the ecos podcasting ecosphere? If, it, into, if everything is dialed in correctly, it'll go both ways. It'll go both ways. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the shared comments. Yeah. That's what it's in reference to is, is cross app comments. Cross app. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm just curious where that master file is going to live. The master file, you know, it, it supposedly can live anywhere, but my opinion is we'll probably get the biggest adaption on Mastodon. So like if I'm a content creator, as I am, and I create a source post in my Mastodon, on my Mastodon account, and I link to that in the in the correct way, that will serve as the basis of where that conversation should happen. Now, sadly, this isn't as easy as it looks because everyone will have to, if they want to contribute, if they want to potential where where this is headed is if they want to contribute to that conversation within the app, they're going to have to have a Mastodon account someplace and they're going to have to, to basically authenticate within the podcast app there kind of like you would on Facebook or some other app where you authenticate Google or whatever, you're going to have to authenticate your Mastodon account to be able to, to participate in the, in the cross app conversation. I think that's where it's leaning towards based on everything I've heard on the podcasting 2.0 show over the last couple of episodes is activity pub uh, via Mastodon may be the place where we first see some traction, but again, it's going to be nerdy and initially, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm just curious if there's some way to integrate in, um, like, Twitter threads. Well, you know, that's its own issue. Uh, But it's up to the app developer to do authentication. That's where the problem lies. If I do it on Facebook, then they would have to authenticate with Facebook, and they have to support it. And then if they want to authenticate on Twitter, they have to support Twitter. So the app developers have a big lift. And it, right. not all those platforms guarantee they keep those lines of communications out. Some stuff is not two-way. Some stuff is one-way. 
So depends on the APIs, right? Are, are available, and I think the Activity Pub protocol, if you want to call it that, I might probably people are screaming right now. Um, is going to be where where this stuff is going to kick off, and early adopters are going to go. But um, yeah. yeah, I would love love to see that capability is you know where audience participation is shared across listening platforms. I'm hoping that would be great. My dream would be as I would start the comment thread on my WordPress post. And then there would be a feed between my WordPress and my Mastodon and, and where it would be integrated. But I don't think that's going to be possible either, but who knows? <laughs> that's asking a lot. Well, me. you'd like to have the conversation beyond the source post of the, so can you imagine Cross well, app communications feeding into my WordPress comment area. Yeah, it's almost like a permalink type. That of would a, be beautiful a relationship, right? Yeah, that and not necessarily them have to have an account, but again, then there's moderation issues and a whole bunch of other stuff that goes along with it. But not without challenges. But we'll see where things head. It's fun, fun time to be part of podcasting. Everyone, we may yeah. not seem like it, but it is. It's always been like this, Todd. We've we've been evolving and developing and i just wonder if this ai is coming faster than all of us realize yeah, so I'm, I'm, i remain a bit of a pessimist will it really save you time number one will it really do the job number two without screwing things up and making you look like an idiot um so there's always a risk of that right uh, right and will it plagiarize and you end up with a takedown notice because you plagiarize content. Right. And I also, you know, like we talked about earlier, I, I do worry about redundancy. Right. Um, and then also I know some folks have been playing around with auto generating uh, podcast artwork. Right. Using these AI protocols. Yeah. So you basically write a paragraph telling the AI exactly what you want in your, in your, Square it's it's it's, cover, a, it's all art. it's all cool to get this letter from a company called Getty, and that they say that you have used a thumbnail within an image that they had copyright on, and you owe them eight hundred dollars. That's what happened to me. I got a really? piece, a piece of. I went to a legitimate place where I could license images. Mm -hmm. Well, there was an image within the image. And the image oh. within the image was the Getty image. They got me for 800 bucks. That was oh. about 10 years ago. So oh. I trust very, very little, like Shutterstock and stuff like that, I, I trust. But boy, I'm very hesitant. So what we need to figure out is what's the creation engine behind the, the art? Right. And is it truly unique to each? Yep rendition because you don't want to become under the guns of Getty and it's a per instance, you know, fine you settle or we'll take you to court type of thing. And I've also heard that there's, there's talk about an AI engine that will auto generate music too. Well, uh, good luck so with could, that as well. <laughs> right. So is that a custom creation? It, and if it is, can you have uh, global rights to that? Well, there's people out there that are buying music mixes now for licensing for one specific track or for global. There's a, 
I'm glad I'm not in the music business. So, uh, yeah. but uh, so you can just see how this this Pandora's box might be opening. Yep, you know? until you until you get the takedown notice and the in the bill in the mail. Yeah, that could ru- be ruined Christmas, and we're luckily Christmas. <laughs> a future Christmas. That. No, we don't. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the E's, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Make sure you go over to newpodcastapps.com. Pick up yourself a modern podcasting app. Get yourself off one of the legacy podcasting apps that you may be using. A legacy is anything that is not listed at newpodcastapps.com. Get involved in uh, streaming some sats to us. Make us a boost so you can be talked about during the show. We do still take fiat funds, fiat funds being PayPal. We do take PayPal donations on the website, and we appreciate every one of those that come in. If someone wants to uh, help Rob and Todd with uh, their Christmas spend, you can send us a PayPal, and we will we will pay some bills with that. <laughs> hey, Todd, is there an alternative to PayPal that we can, we can use? Uh... What do you want? Cash app or something like that? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of one that, uh, hasn't had a history of being willing to, to find their users $2,500. Well, then that's, that, that's why you need voicing your opinion. That's why you need to get a new podcast app, a new podcast apps.com. Right. So that you can, uh, send us, uh, you know, a dollar and not get charged 50 cents to send it. So, right. Well, that's, Yeah. We'll put our little, I need to have like a little, um, you know, those hats that people in Vegas, you know, they have the circles on Fremont street where the entertainers are. They got their little box out there to throw, you know, uh, dollars in fives, tens and twenties, they hope or nickels, but we yeah. ought to have one of those little boxes sitting out here for Satoshi's fill the Satoshi box up. Right. <laughs> Rob, how can they reach you? Well, I can be found on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, like uh, always, um, at uh, Rob and G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E. And um, you can send me an email, um, robg at podbean.com if you want to use that email address or rob.greenlee at gmail.com also works. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible down in Orlando at PodFest. So it'd be great to see a, a big turnout down there. Uh, of folks coming out and supporting kind of independent podcasting, which I think PodFest really is the representation of in the industry today. So, so I'm looking forward to it. And if you want a couple of cool Mastodon accounts to follow, you can follow at Todd at blueberry.chat and you can follow at Dave W at mastodon.social. That's Dave Weiner. <laughs> He's a fun one. To, really? That's a fun one to follow. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I need to get on Mastodon. I haven't gotten on it. So. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's not Twitter. <laughs> it's not Twitter. <laughs> and that's saying something, I that, guess. That's I'm not right. quite sure what it says, but yeah. And uh, we thank everyone and we'll be back. If I'm not on jury duty, which I didn't didn't get this week, if I'm not on federal jury duty next week, we'll be back on the eighteenth. So on the 18th. Okay. All yeah. right. Next Every, week then. Yep. Right. Again, if I don't get called, if next, if I'm going to get called next week's the week I'm going to get called because I'm excused half the following week. So I will know the 13th, whether or not I've, my number is up. So thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next time on the new me show. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye.